Today is Monday, November 12th, and you're listening to the Red Sox Beat Podcast here on CLNS Media Network. I'm your host, Jared Scali, alongside Jess Thomas. Hi, Red Sox fans. Welcome in. Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Media, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your 2018 World Series champion, Boston Red Sox. At Red Sox, CLNS is the Twitter Facebook Red Sox Beat Podcast, and of course, rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, the whole nine yards, uh, and of course, clnsmedia.com as well. Uh, Jess Thomas over there. I am Jared Scally. Jess, how are we? Doing well. Still got some baseball awards coming in, um, but pretty quiet for the most part. I'm in basketball mood now, but, you know, baseball still happens in the offseason. Okay, so Celtics are playing like trash, so it's fine. We can talk about Red yeah. Sox for a little bit. Um, before we start, just want to say... Um, this is my last couple shows. I'm going to do one next week too, and then I'm out. So, um, I'm leaving CLNS media. I've shot an email to the big head honchos earlier today. Uh, life's getting crazy. Got to take a step back. And it's crazy because I started this show. Um, and it's kind of insane. I've cycled through Nate Rollins way back when, if you still listen, Nate, what's up? Um, highly doubt it. Jess Thomas alongside, of course, the rest of the way. Nick Qualley has jumped in, of course, for me and with me as well on the show. So, um, shout out to everybody that's been a part of this. This was my idea, like day one. I was like, Nick, we got to do a Red Sox beat podcast, right? That's only fair. This is way, this is like CLNS radio, like Nick Gelso in charge of everything days back when. Um, and he listened and we did it. And it's been kind of this ever since. So I'm happy that they won the World Series before this happened. I'm happy that we kind of I capped everything off because that was the first World Series they got when the show existed. If I I don't think I've done one before, so um, I'm excited for the next step. I have some stuff in the works. I'm still working a day job. It's part of the reason why I'm stressed and need to take a step back. But um, overall, I'm excited. Um, it's unfortunate because I've been here for what like eight years now, which is insane. But um, parting on good terms. But I just uh, it's gonna it's gonna be missed. But it's also gonna be a nice stress reliever off my back. Yeah, that's it's a sad thing, uh, especially since you started this show. But totally understand. It's unfortunate, but the show will definitely not be the same without you. I don't know what's going to happen to it at this point. Don't know what direction it'll go in. I guess we'll find out. I'll be here for the time being. But <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's not going to be the same without you. Without you posting it, without you doing it, without your fantastic reads and the funniest that ensues with that. And uh, is it's gonna be weird? It's gonna be sad. No more pre, no more pre-show baby time on Skype before <laughs> before the shows. Um, oh man, it's gonna be crazy. But uh, I'm I'm excited to kind of go through the next steps here. But that being said, we have a couple more shows to do. Some small I Red Sox it. things to take care of before I get out of here. So I can say my final goodbyes on the last show. But just wanted to bring that out there, and uh, I'm excited. And I'll. I'll potentially talk about next steps as they come but uh a couple things to talk to you last week i mean there's some red sox and there's still awards to give out uh we still do more awards next week more awards <laughs> next week and more awards next week because manager of the year aka alex cora uh, will not be announced until tuesday so we have oh. to bring that up next week but that means we can have a whole show my last show dedicated to my manager alex cora i love it uh, and your mvp Mookie Betts. it'd be a red sox <laughs> award celebrations but um Silver Sluggers were announced. Mookie Betts gets one. JD gets two. Um, before we talk about that, because that's never happened before, uh, Mookie Betts, not really surprised. He's kind of picking up these awards as he goes. If he doesn't get MVP, I, I'm, I'm 
lost for words, but um, he's just kind of bringing up the uh, the trophy case this year, Jess. Yeah, Silver Slugger and Gold Glove. And uh, as somebody pointed out, he was in the World Series of Bowling last November, so he's in two World Series in the same year. Then he became a father a couple of days after the World Series, so life's happening fast for Betts, and he's winning a lot of stuff, and he's just winning a life, really. Mookie Betts is winning at life, has a kid now, about to be the MVP, has a World Series ring. He's really stupidly good at bowling. Um, all things looking up for Mookie Betts. Now let's talk about J.D. Martinez because this is the one that's that's kind of sweet. So he won a Silver Slugger at two different positions. He won the outfield Silver Slugger, and he won the designated hitter Silver Slugger. Does it boggle your mind at all that he won one for outfield and DH? Because as much as people say, yeah, he played both positions, he was primarily DH, and I kind of figured he'd win one there. But the fact that he won one as an outfielder too is kind of crazy. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, to be honest with you. And I didn't even know that you could win two Silver Sluggers because it hasn't happened until uh, now. So I, I'm i confused. And honestly, I feel like they're doing this just because he got screwed over with the MVP. <laughs> they're like, oh, whoops. <laughs> right. It feels, like it, it feels like they're admitting defeat. Like, yeah, we should have had him in the conversation for finals of the MVP. So we're going to give him two Silver Sluggers instead. Yeah. Like, that's what it feels like. It makes no sense. Like... Well, that's MVP finalist would have made a lot more sense than winning two Silver Slugger awards. Well, that's what I was going to say, too. I'm like, how do you win two Silver Slugger awards and not be a finalist for the MVP race? Like, in what world does that make sense? You did something as a hitter that has never been done before, ever. You won two Silver Sluggers. And you had averages up the wall. You had a bunch of home runs. You were supposed to be 1-2 with Mookie Betts for MVP. And you're not even a finalist? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you hit 330 with 43 homers, 130 RBI, and you're not an MVP finalist over Jose Ramirez, who has way worse stats in all of those categories. My it doesn't make any sense. My trout too. Same like, with Rectrap. Yeah. It doesn't. And then you win two Silver Slayers, but you're still not good enough to be a top three in the MVP. It doesn't make any sense. I am not going to get over it because it's stupid. Yeah, it's just it's dumb. This is almost like them saying, oh, we cost you the World Series, so here's a couple makeup calls in opening day. Like, that's what this is. Like, it's such a cop-out. Um, and I'll get me wrong. He deserves it. Like, if anyone had a great hitting season and deserves to, like, do this for the first time ever, I'd say J.D. Oh, had, had a year to deserve that. But couldn't you have been an MVP finalist and do this? Like, why yeah, should, Why isn't he considered? It shows how good he is that he could do that. Yeah, but he should have been both, obviously. And, it's, and, you know, and now I'm seeing, like, a couple articles being like, should J.D. be the most improved player as well? <laughs> it's like could people be. are – Very well yeah, could be. I mean, he had a great year last year, but obviously – this year was more important because he won a championship, even though I know playoffs aren't part of it, but 108 wins. So it's like this talk of that and like, see the most important part of this team. So it's like people are realizing this guy was extremely important to this team, mm-hmm. but it's not good enough to be a finalist for MVP. So I don't get it. Honestly, I don't get it. He should be second in MVP or first, which I've been saying all year long, yep. but there's no denying the season he had. And I'm looking forward to seeing him in future years because this guy's a baseball player. Yep, and he's a big talk of the contract world because he's gonna. I think he's gonna get rewarded, so the opt outs go away. I don't know. He seems very committed to Boston, so I'm not really too worried about that. He was part. a Red Sox fan before he came here. Yeah, he seems. <laughs> I, th- I think the opt outs were more of Scott Boris trying to make sure he was protected in case he failed here, but um, he, he certainly did not do that because <laughs> he had an opt out like almost every year in his contract. So he's here long term. He should have won or at least come close to winning the MVP. Mookie Betts is probably going to win the MVP if he doesn't. I'm done. And then tomorrow, the day after we record this, so we'll talk about it more next week, Manager of the Year comes out, 
Jess, I'd be very surprised if we're on here next week, my final show, talking about Alex Cora not, not winning the manager of the year. I don't care who it is. Yeah. Just pick one. If it's not Alex Cora, I will be very miserable next week on my send-off. Well, I hope for that sake, then, that Cora gets it. And only for that sake. He <laughs> has to. He has to. He can't. They can't give it to Bob Melvin or Kevin Cash. Cora won 108 games, the most in Red Sox franchise history. But then again, J.D. wasn't an MVP final, but then, so what and, then, and then won the World Series in his first year as a manager. Like, I'm pretty sure, and I don't, I'm not gonna go back and look, cause I'm just gonna go off my gut here, but like, and Jess might check for me, but were Terry Francona and John Farrell both up for manager of the year candidates the year they won here, their first year? That's a great question. Farrell didn't win it, did he? I don't think either of them did. Did Francona win it? That's, I don't think he did. Cause didn't you win it like a couple of years ago when that was his first one? I think so. I don't think I they, think you're right. Maybe John Farrell did. I, maybe I don't in 2013, but I don't think he did. I don't um, think he did. So, I mean, maybe he just follows in his, their footsteps and doesn't yeah, win Yeah, Frank Cona didn't. He won manager of the year in 2013 and 2016, but not not 2004. Oh, that means John Farrell didn't win it in 2013 because Terry Frank did. Because Terry did. <laughs> so neither of them won it. How, yeah. what, what sense does that make? Uh, I, I my gut, my gut is screaming it wasn't going to be yes. And there's a good chance it might not happen, but they also well, won 108 games this year. So, like, yeah, is that a difference? Win, it, those teams didn't win 108 games. Or I also, close to that. I also think – I know they're not supposed to, but, like, I also think they have to look at what he had, the group he had, and how he won 108 games compared to basically the same group the last two years. And I've been touching on this the last couple of weeks. We've talked about Alex Cora. He took a group that was stagnant, could not get out of the first round, kept winning divisions because that's who they were, and could not get out of the first round. Not even close, they, but they won one playoff game in two years. Took that group and won, lost three playoff games in the entire run. It's a big deal. Well, yeah, you got J.D. Martinez, which obviously, as we've just already said in the show, was a huge, huge thing. But he lost Dustin Pedroia and got rid of Hanley Ramirez and then got 15 games better. Yep. It's crazy. And John Farrell would not have done that. No, they probably would have won like 93 again. (laughs) Well, but like, and think about Hanley. Would John Farrell just cut Hanley Ramirez? No. Like they said it was Alex Cora's decision. He woke up one day and said, eh, Hanley, I don't need him. Like that's what happened. And funny thing is Hanley gets a ring out of all this. But right, because he played here. But at the same time, it's like he deserves manager of the year just for those two decisions. Never mind one deciding to, to figure off this bullpen and just put Nathan Avaldi in the eighth inning and Rick Porcello and let that happen. That was a glory in itself. So look, if he's not manager of the year, and I'm sitting here next week talking about other guy, like no, no, that's disgusting. If Alex Cora is not the manager of the year, then Mookie Betts won't be MVP. Like it's gonna go hand in hand. That, that's pretty much what it comes to. Yeah, it's like they're, they're, they both should be shoo-ins for those awards. I mean, Cora should be even more of a shoo-in than Betts, in my opinion. Well, well, Betts not, doesn't have J- Betts doesn't have JD Martinez sitting next to him, so he should. I was be about to say now, now, now that Jose Ramirez might try, maybe not. But if it's if it is what it should have been with JD battling Mookie, then yeah, it would have been a bigger deal if Cora didn't get it. But yeah, now at this point, I guess it's probably pretty equal. But yeah, I, it's it's true. I mean. Francona and Farrell didn't have 108 wins. They really did their damage in the playoffs. I mean, obviously they did stuff in the regular season, but 04 they made a four an 03 comeback to win and win the first World Series in 86 years, which doesn't count towards manager of the year. And then John Farrell, you know, goes on a great run. Ortiz hits this grand slam, and they they come back in the World Series and win that. So it's like those seasons had more excitement from the playoffs than the regular season. This season had the excitement from day one until day last so <laughs> they last reason, okay yeah that's the thing day last 
So for that reason, he's got to get it because it wasn't just an awesome playoffs. It was the best regular season in franchise history. How, yeah. you, you can't look past that. No, you can't look past that. And I th- best, for, best record ever. I mean, you can't look past He has to get it. The only thing that would keep me from thinking they would get it is because of the J.D. Martinez thing and because they're idiots. Yeah. Um, and that's like my only like sliver of like doubt against humanity in this situation is like, oh, well, if you couldn't put J.D. Martinez in the top three, then are you really going to be smart enough to let Alex Cora win the award? Maybe not. Um, but but at least JD's won Silver Slayers and like he's getting some awards. If Cora didn't get anything, <laughs> you know that would be, be had some stuff. that would be pathetic. Um, but again, JD Martinez should be the MVP runner up and have two Silver Sluggers. There's a big difference there. Um, but they're idiots and didn't do it. So I'm giving Cora 99. percent I'm gonna give a one percent chance he doesn't get it. He has to. 99%. I, I'm almost willing to put 100 percent down. Like I, <laughs> like like I don't even care anymore. Like he's got to win. It's like almost my at this point we're like seeing those three finalists for MVP. I'm 100 percent confident that Mookie yeah. Best is gonna win. Right. Well, same thing with with Cora, Bob Melvin, and Kevin Cash. Yeah, they did great, but like not better than 108 wins. 108 wins in the regular season. It wasn't one missed the playoffs and one lost and got to the wild card. Whoop de do. Like yeah, and lost the wild card. Yeah, I know. I know playoffs doesn't yeah, matter. Don't even count like, the playoffs. Like Tampa, did, Tampa didn't even get to a wild card playoffs. position, right? I mean, they had a good season, but they didn't even get to the playoffs. The Oakland A's got there in a wild card situation. Was okay. The Red Sox won 108 games. Was smoked everybody else all year. Won their division with like two weeks left in the season. Yeah, and they might as well have won it with like two months left. So right. it's <laughs> it's ridiculous if that he doesn't get it. Yeah, sir. Stupid. What isn't stupid, though, is our good friends at Green Chef. They're phenomenal. Green Chef is a USDA-certified organic company uh, that includes everything you need to re- easily cook delicious meals that you can feel good about every time you're eating. Green Chef is a USDA-certified organic company, like I said, and meal plans include paleo, vegan, vegetarian, keto, gluten-free, omnivore, and carnivore. Plenty of options, Jess, that you can choose from, right? You and I have experienced it. They're phenomenal, right? It's easy to use um, right there in front of you, step-by-step directions. You can't really go wrong, Jess, with anything they give. I still swear by their meatloaf, but you can't really go wrong with anything that they give you at the door. Yeah, the meatloaf was great, and the directions were nice and simple. Everything was in its own bag, so you didn't have to go ripping through your refrigerator trying to figure out what ingredients went with your meal. They were all right there in a bag. Really good food, and yeah, I had the omnivore bag and uh it was some great food highly recommended <laughs> uh biggest thing about them too is the nice thing is people don't really think about this you can keep the cards they don't like ask for them back it's not a library you're not borrowing the cards yes you, you keep the recipes you pick and choose what you want to keep eating and it's, it's a beautiful way to start cooking but start cooking in a fresher way so biggest thing we want to do here is kind of give you a sense of how it works so they're quick and easy like we're talking about their step-by-step instructions of chef tips and photos to guide you along the way ingredients come pre-measured perfectly proportioned so no one has to do easy math stupid math nothing like that um, there's something for everyone right easy choice with green chef it's easy to maintain a specialty diet and enjoy exciting new options you can switch up your meal plan anytime you want change the box you're getting whenever that may come to belong to you and with Green Chef's wide variety of organic ingredients, you can feel great about what you're eating and how you got to your table. And of course, like we're talking about, it's stupidly convenient and easy, right? Green Chef thinks dinner should be planned around your life, not the other way around. Let Green Chef do the meal planning, grocery shopping, and the most of the prep for you week after week. Recipes are going to include, like I said, pre-made sauces, dressings, and spices so you can get the more flavor in much, much less time. So what we're doing is go if you go to our special website, you're going to get 
$50 off your first box of Green Chef. So we want to make sure we do that. You're going to greenchef.us slash socks, S-O-X. Again, it's $50 off your first box. If I haven't made it sound delicious by now, try this. Greenchef.us slash socks, and you're going to get $50 off your first box. Like we said, it's a great way to cook. It's a great way to get amazing ingredients to your door easily and, and phenomenal kind of a deal as well. So I'll get your $50 off. Go check it out. Um, okay. Big Craig Kimbrell news. Shouldn't be surprising. <laughs> Craig Kimbrell did not accept the measly $17.9 million the Red Sox offered. We talked about I'd it a lot. That. We t- I would take that in a heartbeat. <laughs> uh, take that and retire. Yep. So he he's measling away. He wants to go hit the old market. No surprise there. He's probably not coming back. We've talked about this. We talked about this last week. Significance of this is now if he does go somewhere else, at least the Red Sox get something for it. And that is why they extended this offer. Justin and I both sat here last week and said that he will not accept that offer. He'd be dumb to do it. He isn't going to do it. He rejected it today. Just is he coming back? I, I want to double down on this because there's a potential he could, but for the money he's probably going to be deserving or at least getting on the open market, I don't know if the Red Sox would be willing to pay him that much. Yeah, I think he wants to come back in terms of like the team. And like you said last week, you know, Boston hospitals that took such great care of his daughter and saved mm-hmm. her life. But I think somebody else is going to give him more money and is going to think he's more worth it than the Red Sox do. And I assume he'll probably end up taking that. Unless he just loves it so much here that he'll take like anything, then I don't think he's coming back. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing I think is, is a tough situation too is you have a chance to go back-to-back. Because if, if Craig Kimball's your closer again and you have this pretty much the same roster, because not a lot of these guys need to get paid this year, they need to get paid next year. So right. a lot of these guys so are coming. A good chance. It's a pretty good time to do it. So if you're Craig Kimball, you're like, ooh, ooh. We could win two World Series rings, bring the best team in franchise history back, and I can be the closer on that team again. That's enticing. The Sounds only like it. the only way he could consider it is maybe do a one year thing. Mm. One year at like twenty mil, they can pay him this year before they have to pay everybody else because Chris Dale they're paying dirt right. He just like, took the they they opted him in, so it's like what thirteen fourteen mil something like that. And then David Price is David Price. He's the big guy on the target right now, but it's like. If Craig Kimbrell took a one-year deal for $20 million and then got, went in the old market after next year, he'd be risking getting the majority of his money. But if he pitches well and wins another ring, he might even get more money. Yeah, I mean, if he's confident in his abilities, I would absolutely do that if I were him for a chance to go back-to-back. It's probably going to be his best chance to win a world, another World Series in his career, I'm guessing. Yeah. So if he wants to win again, this is the place. That being said, I don't actually think that's going to happen. Um, so I'm just throwing it out there. I, I think he goes to like Atlanta or Philly or somewhere and gets on a good team. Is relevant. His name's still out there, but just not good enough to win a World Series. It'd be uh, funny if he went back to the Braves. He was so good there. He was so freaking good there. Unbelievable. Um, it was so good there. Okay. Um, other stuff, David. Uh, I almost I always say it. Stephen Wright undergoes knee surgery. Probably a good thing, right? I mean, I, I look at him at this point. I'm like, if you can get him back, it's nice. But like, he's got to figure himself out. Yeah, I mean, not a surprise because he obviously battled knee stuff all year and had a knee procedure, came back. He pitched a little bit. It still hurt. He had more knee problems, and he just never could really recover. So it doesn't surprise me that he had another knee procedure because he just can't seem to get his knee healthy. Maybe this will do it. Hopefully, for his I'll sake. i have to find out. That'd be nice because it would be nice. He's dominant when he's healthy, right? We've talked about this. Oh, he's, he's so good. There were, there were talks of this year where we're thinking about him being our eighth inning guy. So like, you, you, exactly. you got to think he's pretty good. Um, Around the league real quick. Ronald Asuna Jr. and Shohei Otani win Rookie of the Year. Um, Asuna, I'm not really surprised about because he's really good. But, like, 
Shohei Otani wins a rookie of the year? Does that feel a little forced to you? Awful. Totally get Acuna. He was the best. He had better numbers than Soto. He had 26 homers, 64 RBI. Soto had a 70 RBI, so he beat him there. But Acuna had more stolen bases, uh, one more run, six more hits. So he just edged him out in like every category by a few. So I totally get that. But Otani? Miguel Andujar, all right? Did you see Miguel Andujar's numbers? Yeah. Holy crap. 297, 27 homers, and 92 RBIs a rookie. And the guy had 47 doubles. That's a good season for anybody, not just a rookie. I cannot believe he didn't get it. I thought he was a shoe-in. Shohei Otani is a forced rookie of the year. I think this is the league saying he's not going anywhere. We're going to keep pumping his tires. Um, this is almost like Mike Trout winning an MVP this year if he won one. It's the same thing. Oh. Um, and that's how I would feel. So mm-hmm. th- the biggest thing here is Shohei Otani was definitely forced winning rookie of the year. Yeah, I mean, Otani had a good season. He had, you know— decent numbers on offense and of course he pitched and was pretty good when he did that even though he didn't do it that much because he was hurt for a decent proportion mm-hmm. but between being between being hurt and Andujar's numbers I mean Andujar's a Yankee and I'm sitting here saying he should be a shoe-in if I think a Yankee should be a shoe-in for an award that guy should have the award yeah I know and- Andujar <laughs> had a phenomenal year and there was no doubt in my mind he was going to win it and then I saw this and I was like wait Am I reading that right? Is it like, is it April yet? Is it April 1st? Like, what's going on? Because that is something that, that, that is worse, honestly, in a whole new level. That is worse than if like Mike Trout got the MVP this year. That is stupid beyond belief. And I don't, and I understand like, cause there's an argument that's been out there. It's like, well, the MLB needs to pump their marquee players more, right? Like, they need to really up the guys and make sure these guys are more marketable. Okay. Then up Mark and Andalar because he's phenomenal. He's a really good player who hasn't gotten much credit because he's behind Stanton and Judge and those guys, right? Right. Phenomenal player. Why is he not winning rookie here? It's like Otani's probably going to be out of the league in like three years from like three Tommy John surgeries. Like, I don't think he's yeah. even last that He's long. having Tommy John. He can't even throw the baseball next year. He's only going to hit. And you want that guy to be your face of the of the league? No. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you, MLB. No. 92 RBI for Andahar. It's 15 more than any other rookie. 92 RBI for a season? I mean, doesn't make sense. Most, most guys don't even get even close to that. Yeah, it's a load of crap. Um, I can't believe it's it. It's absolute crap. So I'm done with that. That's, uh, that's annoying me. Let's go to good news. Joe, Joe Maurer retires officially. Um, we all knew he was coming because he, he did a swung song at the end of the year. Everyone knew that. Just one hell of a career by a dude that deserved a ring and never got one. Yeah, it's sad he didn't. He had some great numbers. He hit, you know, in the three. 30s, 340s for several years in his prime. I mean, he's a good player. It's a shame that he never won. And he never really came close. But well, and, I, and the thing is, too, with Joe, I think the thing with Maurer is that literally it's like a, he sacrificed go, going ring hopping to stay with the Twins. Because right. he could have easily been like, can I go win now? Like, are we done here? Because the coming years, he was bad. He could have, of course, put himself on a good, got himself on a good team and gotten, gotten one a ring somewhere else. And eventually he could have found a place that would have got him a ring. But he decided, you know what? I want. I'm a twin. I'm not leaving. I want to be a twin, and that's not a lot of people do that anymore. So I think that's a big thing. Yeah, it's so respectable. I mean, 15 years of one team, you hardly ever see that anymore. And he was a good player. I mean, a 306 career average. Like I said, 365 in 2009, 347 in 2006, and 328 in 2008. Damn. I mean, he was a, a, a six-time All-Star. He won MVP in his 365 season, mm-hmm. and he's he's won five Silver Slayer awards. I mean, he was a good player. He had a good career. Is Joe Maurer a Hall of Famer? Yes or no? Jeez, huh. no. I don't think his numbers are good. He, I mean, 
2,000 hits is very good. He had almost 1,000 RBI. His career average was over 300. His numbers are good, but I, I don't know. With no championship and just the level of, like, being on the Twins, I don't know. I feel like that definitely hurts him. See, I think yes. You and do? This is weird because you, I figured it would be the only way around, but, like, really, I think the the longevity of his career – with Minnesota, I don't think it's first ballot by any means, but I think he's one of those guys that scoots in towards the end of his kind of pet, which is stupid because if you think he should be in the Hall of Fame, vote him in. I've expressed that disgust with baseball writers forever. If you think a guy should be in the Hall of Fame, just vote him in. Like, just to, why wait to vote? But that being said, it'll be towards the end of his time, the ability to get in. But I, I do think Joe Maurer gets in because he's one of the better catchers to play the game. He has those gaudy numbers, those years in his prime. I think he gets in 100%. Yeah, I don't know. They like home runs, and he only had 193. Maybe that's maybe that's enough. I don't know. But yeah, it's true. I mean, six All Stars. He won an MVP, five Silver Sluggers, three Gold Gloves, three time batting champion. He has so many different kinds of you know between defense, offense, Mm -hmm. you know, hitting. He's really kind of kind of an all tool player. So I think he maybe should. He's close on the brink, but I I just I I don't think he's going to. But I hope he does. I mean, he's a model baseball player. Yeah, he's what old-school baseball player is. Committed, loyal to one team, doesn't care about the money, all about the fans, almost like what uh, David Wright was to the Mets, right? Yeah. Um, same idea, loyalty. David Wright never won a ring, but came close, obviously, when the Mets went and won't be a Hall of Famer, but he obviously cared about baseball. And, and it's unfortunate to see David Wright not being able to play baseball anymore, too, because that's just unfortunate because um, he was so good when he was healthy and right. He was David Wright, <laughs> um, yeah. and, and he was good. Um, all right, we'll leave it there. We got another, we got another week to talk about Alex Cora next week and Mookie Betts next week. Next week is literally going to be the Mookie Betts and Alex Cora extravaganza. It should or, better be, or, or it's gonna or it's gonna be what the hell happened? <laughs> what's wrong with baseball? What's, uh, what's voters? What is wrong with Major League Baseball? That's the two options for next week: an extravaganza of, of the riches getting richer, or what the hell is happening to Major League Baseball? What if what if one of each happens? What if one of them wins and the other doesn't? Then what? We'll have a little. We'll have twenty minutes. We'll have twenty minutes of extravaganza and ten minutes of what the hell's happening to Major League Baseball. All right, fair enough. And five minutes of see you later, Jared. We just gotta we, we just gotta figure out which one it's weighted more. Like if Mookie Betts wins and Cora loses, is it twenty minutes for no and happy ten minutes for yes? Or who 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 matters more? Is really the case there? If one of those things actually happens, but that's hard to pick. I won't we'll decide put, that next week. Yeah, I was going to say you might not have to. Actually, I'm going to make you decide now, real quick. Who who would you place more importance on? Who should win more? Uh, Cora. I agree. Okay, we're on the same page. There. Which I hate because if Betts doesn't win again, <laughs> screwed for the second time in three years, that would be terrible. At least when Mookie lost two years ago, he like might try out a good year. Right, that was actually like close-ish. Yeah, it was just the argument of like, why did you give it to a guy on a crap back team that's on the Red Sox who the best offense in baseball like that was the argument then this is like there's no one even close even J.D. Martinez really isn't close uh, but we'll leave it there we'll talk about it next week so don't forget on Twitter at Red Sox CLNS is network coverage Facebook Red Sox podcast rate, review and subscribe to us on iTunes because you know what I might be leaving but the show is not ending so definitely go check it out rate, review and subscribe CLNSmedia.com is the network of course just Thomas there Jared Scali will be back next week talking Red Sox baseball and hopefully a half hour extravaganza. Talk then.